0: Back in Kevin's, oh, you know what? I just saw that on the roof. Somebody's been working on the roof of your garage, and I, I saw that like plaster had been put up. I was like, oh, he fixed the hole in the, in the roof. No, yeah. that's been
1: there, but you didn't. Where, no, the whole no, the 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 Chair. Our table is in a little
0: bit different that's spot. That's why it looked it look different. Yeah, yeah. it definitely wasn't the hole would normally be. Um, so we're back in Kevin's garage. Mark is. What is Mark doing tonight? Marks.
1: Mark has a uh, a little bit more of his day job that he had to do tonight. So I'll be producing this episode. So send those letters. To, we'll get to viewer mail here care of Kevin's garage <laughs> <Exactly>. Austin <laughs> to, Texas 787 this, something why is it this produced better at gmail.com yeah.
0: I, I keep wanting to talk about this every time so I, so you guys Ryan and Kevin live in pretty far south Austin I live in like north central um, it's a little bit of a drive to come down here and I listen to NPR um, and I always forget. I think it's because it lulls me to sleep. But the sh- the show that comes on is this CBC show, Q. Oh, that, the Q. That yeah, the notoriety. that formerly had uh, Gian
2: Mr. Gomeshi. Gian gomeshi he of the chivalry. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And and so Kevin, and do you not? You I don't know do know what you, we're talking about? This was pre Bill Cosby scandal. The Bill Cosby scandal eclipsed
0: the Gian Gomeshi scandal. Yeah, oh. it, it knocked it off the front pages. My, he, <coughs> he was accused of. Um, Rough, like forcing women into rough sex. Very, very rough.
2: Not necessarily consensual sex. Although he said it was, and I think some of the women begged to differ.
0: Uh, a lot yeah. of the women <coughs> beg yeah. to differ. Yes, Gian gomeshi
2: This this show Which is funny because if you ever listened to that show, he had like a really soothing voice, you know, like like this Charlie Rose kind of
0: thing. And then it turns out he's like this sadist. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, it, I, I, that, that show has a long, like every single host. It's like basically when you go up for the job of the host of the show Q you have to have a really weird name like gian gomeshi there's another 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 are you but, <laughs> Irish? are you Irish now <laughs> there's another I'm here with my he brother <laughs> yeah. there's a, all of the people have like really interesting anyway I'm, I'm way up to NPR talking. in general has a lot of that but yeah I yeah I'll buy that <laughs> so they have they have this thing that i know now is the most boring thing i have ever heard on radio and it's called writers almanac and it's What's it about? It's five minutes of Garrison Keillor. That in and of itself should show... Well, that'll put you to sleep. Uh, But no, it's not just Garrison (laughs) Keillor. It's Garrison Keillor reading poetry. There's always a poem. That's the thing
2: that I was hearing when I had to take a minute from, uh, you know, the... um, What's it called? Fucking... um, Sorry, I'm blanking Um,
0: uh, no, the first rap record we did
2: uh, uh, Oh, NWA uh, Yeah, I was listening to like hardcore gangster rap Technically the first rap record would have been Beastie Boys Oh, yeah yeah, yeah, That is true, that is true, thank you Uh, But no, I'm listening to, you know, Murder and Bitches And uh, my phone stopped and I couldn't find the next song and so I just put it on NPR and it was uh, Garrison Keeler reading Robert <laughs> Frost.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, that's all, like, all of the jokes about NPR that have ever been made about putting people. I literally think it puts me in a coma and then I just forget about it because I keep wanting to well, talk about it. Not literally a coma. Uh, no, because <laughs> I think it does, and that's why I forget about it every if week. If you're a medical I'm professional, I'm driving <laughs> in my he sleep. He may have been
2: misdiagnosed. <laughs>
0: right. Yes, that's true. So, anyway, oh, and also, you guys don't have much occasion to drive down I 35 South, do you? Because there's an amazing billboard um, on 35. There's like a woman in jeans with a, like a Walkman, like in a dancing pose, and it says, Let's dance! And then it says, Book your experience with Melody today. And that's all. It, and it's I, like hashtag oh, be
1: yourself. I, I know what that is. What is that? It's actually hashtag. I think it's, it might be be yourself, but it, it might be be somebody, which or is a something website. like that. So, yeah, it's a, it's a website where they curate experiences with experts on things. So it actually, like, it, it, in, in context, it actually makes sense. But for those who don't know what the hell that hashtag stands Me for, being more, oh, which yeah. is probably going to be most people, <laughs> yeah. like certainly initially, Wreck- yeah, <laughs> then, you know, you'd be looking like the uh, what is it? The dog showing a card trick. You know, yeah, the old, the Hicksian. Well, and, that's
0: certainly how I felt, and she's yeah. she's having a good time on that billboard, though. All right, all right. So anyway, that's my that's my commute. That's what I wanted to talk about. But we should probably get into the show now. So uh, I'm Shane. I'm Ryan. Kevin here, and somebody likes it. We just watched an inter- interesting. Why can't I say that word? Interesting video. Um, you just did. Well, no, I finally got through it, but it, it doesn't come easily. to I'll me bet apparently. that video is getting uh, a spike of viewership right now.
2: So let's uh,
1: let's talk about. So why do you think that is?
0: Well, w- uh, so a
2: surge of interest in
0: uh, Hobbit things. L- oh, um, well, and, and Leonard Nimoy since <laughs> Leonard Nimoy passed has, yeah, away yeah, a few yeah, days ago. When,
1: you know, I had I did have a, a thought that I haven't really seen expressed very many places, and I just. I don't know if this is true. Maybe it's not true. But I'm wondering if uh, William Shatner kept his toupee at half-mast. On uh, the day that Leonard Nimoy, how would you? K- <laughs> so, <laughs> would you pay half. I half just, off. Like just, just, just like, like
0: <laughs> pull it back to where you like your bald just, head is more exposed.
1: Raze like an angry weasel. Like mm. I don't know. So <laughs> angry weasel. Yes. That's 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 going to be it's, a new band yeah. band name it's my too. Punk, my punk band. Angry. Yeah.
0: Everything about you when you're new your imaginary bands are always like a punk band. They are. Um, so, Ryan, why don't you tell us about
2: what we just watched? Well, we just watched uh, Leonard Nimoy, um, I guess at the height of the Star Trek uh, phenomenon, in 1968, relieved it, released it. He, relieved, he released an album. Uh, and evidently, the highlight of said album was uh, The Ballad of Bilbo Baggins. And so it's in a very 1968 fashion. There's a music video with people cavorting about. Wearing and wearing
0: Spock ears
2: colorful garb it's uh,
1: it is it's impressively awful like yeah,
0: kevin
2: loves this song. <laughs> like,
1: kevin
0: wouldn't even watch the whole like bilbo video. bilbo bilbo baggins yeah yeah but we then, I highly 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 recommend that anybody yeah, it's definitely worth a watch if you just, haven't seen it before please go see I, it
1: i just can't imagine it's like they they put that whole thing together and they're done at they're done with it they go back and they look at it and they're like oh this is exactly our vision. This, is, this Dude, is good. it was
2: probably somebody's job at some level to push that to radio.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Like, you know, shop the thing
2: around. I think we've got a winner here. Hey,
1: here's a piece of shit.
0: <laughs>
3: hey, hey,
0: here's if you type in, uh, all you have to do is type in Leonard Nimoy, Bilbo Baggins, and the first thing that comes up is the video of it. But there, here's a couple other things on, that came up. One is Westboro Baptist Church missed Leonard Nimoy's funeral because they couldn't find it. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. Uh, when you're a racist they, did they uh, look at church. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh and the other the other so I wanted to talk about uh, about something today and we normally talk that was our little current events and on the way over here I, I heard a song on the radio and it had what I realized is one of my least favorite things ever utilized, device ever utilized in, in song. Um, and, I, and I asked these guys to think. Did you guys think of something?
1: Well, and you didn't characterize it as your least favorite device and song. You characterized it as what something is what, hate. what is something that, really that you hate you. about yeah. music. Yeah, okay. That's maybe bad. it's one of my
0: least favorite, but it's pretty It's up there. And it's incredibly... It's always bad. Always, always. And that is uh, saxophone solos and rock songs. Oh, sure. Always That's bad. irritating. Mm. It's irritating. There's never... All like right, right now I'm I've got the sax solo from um, "Never Tear Us Apart," the NXS song. Sure, yeah,
2: that's that's annoying. However, um, and I don't know if I'd call it a sax solo, but I really like Baker Street by Jerry Rafferty, and that has sax all the way through it. And I think that's a good song. Are you kidding? We've had this discussion before. Oh yeah. And the Foo Fighters covered it, and they did a really good version of it, but they did it without sax. Um, but yeah, Shane does not like that song. And I, <laughs> that I song in Mo- in Mo- I uh, do.
1: I enjoy the Jerry Rafferty. I,
0: yeah, I, yeah.
1: Who where
0: are no. we? Clearly, you are wrong, and I, I, and I, did, I, I, right. did, I did though one time I was uh, I was on tour, and, and Marcus Rice called me, and he was like, "Hey, what's the name of that shitty song with the saxophone in it?" Or no, what's the name of the guy that sings that shitty song with the saxophone in it? And I was like, Jerry Rafferty. He's like,
3: Yeah, <laughs> 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 that's when you've known somebody a while. Yeah. You're
0: able to,
2: just come up with that but no man i i love that song all right all right well <clears throat> i'm sorry uh mine mine and the one that i thought of uh because Wait. you mentioned uh another song that you heard on the way here was was uh where the melody or the uh vocal melody exactly follows the musical melody like exactly yeah
0: it's pretty annoying
2: <clears throat> it's like come on dudes like just fucking put a little time and effort into it
0: I think Radiohead utilized that pretty su- I mean I know they utilized it pretty successfully in, in a song but I can't remember what that was it was but it was pretty atonal well it, it
2: may be a th- and it's not the, the whole song. The exception
0: that uh, justifies the rule but the, the song
2: you were talking about it was dance with me i want to be your partner which i think is Chicago but in any case i wish it weren't in my head ever <laughs> i think that i think your brain
0: has blocked that knowledge just like how my brain blocked out the knowledge of Riders' all that we discussed earlier. Of course, of yeah. Um, Kevin, did you? I,
1: yeah, well, I guess, I, God, I could go on about all this stuff. I, I think uh, there are a couple that things that come to mind, and they're present in the same song. And one is the idea of when you sort of Frankenstein talent into a given song in order to make sure that that person is present and not for the betterment of the song. Mm-hmm. And the other is... Really shitty lyrics that everybody seems to know are shitty lyrics, except for the people who have put them in a song and put them on the radio. I think that and, happens uh, a lot. That does happen a lot. But the, anyway, and the song I'm thinking of is when uh, when Eddie Money did that song with... Uh, <laughs> well, I know, oh, like with Ronnie Spector? With Ronnie Spector. <laughs> with Ronnie Spector. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> the Take Me Home Tonight. It, was, it wasn't uh, Ronnie yeah.
0: Spector. That was Dusty Springfield. They they referenced Ronnie Spector. Oh, okay,
1: yeah. Yeah, well, anyway. It, anyway, thing. that's oh, yeah. the song with the famous line in it... Uh, Hunger, it's a hunger. Hunger, it's a hunger. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> like, oh, you don't say. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, but it's like clearly one of these deals. And it feels Frankenstein. It feels like this weird patchwork bullshit and not in a creative way. Like, stuff like that drives you know, like me for they, re-
0: they were recording a song in this, or recording an album in the same studio. And like, hey, we got to get you on this
1: tune. Yeah, sometimes that turns into the to a cool thing, like we were talking about last week. And sometimes it turns into this piece oh, of shit. Iggy
2: Pop and... Kate Pearson. I was did just a, gonna say that. Yeah, they did a duet together. That's just not good. Candy, <clears throat> candy, candy, candy. I can't let you go. Yeah, it's Bad. go ahead.
1: Let her go. Yeah, no
2: man. Let
0: all of us go, please, <laughs> <laughs> Iggy. For yeah, the love of God, if that's the song like he wrote to, to to win her back. He's gonna need to start over again. Yeah, it's true. So. All right. Well, this week. Um, Ryan, you picked the record this week I did And it's Bob Dylan's Blood on the Tracks So I'm going to turn the floor over to you
2: Uh, It is indeed Bob Dylan's uh, Blood on the Tracks I believe it was uh, 1971, 72 72. 75
1: Oh, 75, you're right It's 1975, 40 years ago 40 years ago in January So, like, not very long ago
2: So we're celebrating the 40th anniversary Of a record that I am quite ambivalent about
0: I knew you were going to say
1: ambivalent
2: (laughs) 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 Uh, How so? Um well, I, I do think we should establish some ground rules. Mm. Um, let's try to keep the bad Bob Dylan impressions to a minimum. Oh, come on. But they're going to have to be around some.
1: It's, like, it's impossible oh, I like, not to talk about that. Yeah.
0: I, I like that you give us a, a real square number there. There's going to have to be approximately some.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It'd be like, you're like, hey, we're covering Hank Williams, but nobody talk about anything rural. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we're... Okay, well, if we're talking about Hank Williams Jr., we have to talk about Jets, apparently. Sure. uh, Anyhow, um, no, to me, you know, and I've given this a couple passes through, and it's a Bob Dylan record, um, which I've known for pretty much of my adult life that I'm not a giant Bob Dylan fan, but, you know, it's considered in many circles to be his crowning achievement, and I don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. to me
2: it's super sing-songy and like I would play a little game unwittingly with myself where I'd hear him do one lyric and then it'd go like this and I'm like and I'm wondering what's the the next rhyme gonna be because at every single song it's like you know he just he writes poetry and then he sets it to acoustic music
1: well and here's the thing so so I wonder if like this isn't because you you know we're, we're talking about there are two things that you said here that I think are interesting one is that you've known this record, or that you've known of Bob Dylan your entire life—that's true. Mm-hmm. You haven't known probably this record as all a singular entity, no. entity, until recently. But all okay. I knew was "Tangled like, Up in
2: Blue," yeah. Which, and I, and I do like that song. And as we've noticed time and again, front-loaded on the as the first track on the the record,
1: yeah. So anyway, I'm trying to, yeah. There, I guess the second point here is. You've known this your entire life, or at least uh, Bob Dylan your entire life. But what I guess, what I, I guess, here's where I was going. I wonder if this is a, this isn't like sort of the Dana Carvey effect, which is to say that you know the like you talk. You also talked about the sort of everybody does a Bob Dylan impression, and it's hard not to do. But Bob Dylan sounds like a Bob Dylan impression. Mm-hmm. So like, so I I it's it's one of these things where I found myself listening to it too and thinking like, okay, well I wonder if like. If I can take it seriously, because I've got I've got all this time a filter of the Bob Dylan bits in my head. Well, and just and, uh, his like it,
2: place in yeah. our pop culture in general is enormous. But, like, I was thinking back to it. I'm like, I don't know how many, like, late night parties I've been to where people throw on music. And, like, I've heard of this record for so long, nobody ever puts on Bob Dylan.
0: It's true. Yeah, not late night. And I, I have a I have a note about this, too, exactly what you just said, Kevin, that it, it's really, really hard for me to separate Bob Dylan from not just the parodies, but the parodies and also the imitators. There's so many people that – so many people, a lot of people in this. So many people. Not, 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 not necessarily – There's the, one. Not the, sound, not the sound of his voice necessarily. You but get a this, couple more, by the way. Go ahead. Everybody gets some. Yeah, <laughs> Not just the sound of his voice, the Bob Dylan voice that everybody knows. Because, let's face it, you couldn't write a song that sounds like Bob Dylan and sing it in a Bob Dylan voice and have anybody taking it, 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 it seriously well, in any no, way at Bob, all.
2: If Bob Dylan didn't exist and you made him up and put him in a movie, people would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like this That's not a thing that people do in real life. But no, he, he
1: happened. Well, and it's also one of these deals, too, where it's like, so his... You know, his... Uh, to, to quote or to, to borrow from one of the reviews that I read, you know, his Messiah period, like when he was supposed to be like the the next big thing in music, which lasted for a while, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it was so long ago that it's like all of that shit is like, they're like, you know, the Time Life books now, or whatever. The, uh, like, it's a, it's TV land. It's so dated that you can't Watch it without the filter of nostalgia. It okay. does. There's. You, it's difficult to interpret without the passing sure. time between. And you know, more along the lines of what I was saying a minute ago.
0: I understand that from our point of view, but I, so I want to say real quick. I want to just jump in and, um, and I really want to choose my words carefully here because people that love Dylan love Dylan, and, and yeah. To be frank, like ambivalent is a great word to describe how I feel about it. It starts out. Two home runs in a row. I mean, those first two songs on this record are yeah. great. Yep, um, I'm with you on that. Uh, uh, Simple Twist of Fate. Like it's Maybe my favorite song it, on the record that's and my not one I did not, I did not know
1: that near as well as I knew the first it's track.
0: beautiful. It's a beautiful song. It's poignant lyrics. Um, Tangled Up in Blue also, like, great song. And then it just, uh, like, it becomes background music for me completely. Um, and I, so we have this book. I brought it in today. I don't know why, because anything that's in the book I, I can find online. But Skyler... Uh, has this Shane's wife
1: for those living, yes. listen, listening at home or living uh, at home?
0: Yes, for the, for those
1: living at home, <laughs> uh, <laughs> she has Doesn't to everybody tell everybody live at home unless you don't just have one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was, the inference was maybe with your parents. Oh,
0: gotcha. <laughs> like, um. There's a big book of Bob Dylan lyrics. It's like lyrics 62 to 85. And so, like, a lot of what you hear about Dylan, what makes him a genius, it's definitely not his melodic skills. Let's just establish that. No, sure. No, I he, mean,
2: th- the man is not a genius songwriter. Now, if I could get past the fact that there's not necessarily great songs, and if I were super into poetry, and
0: I should preface this I don't like poetry.
2: So <laughs> it's going to be hard for me to get into well, Bob but Dylan.
1: There, but here's the thing about.
0: I hear what you're saying there but here's the thing like the songs there's not they're not as much allegorical as they are sort of I mean there's definitely allegory in some of his stuff for sure but there there's a lot of slice of life observation um and just stories just stories which is really interesting and, but I, anyway so I went and I you know like the you know a lot of what you hear about about Dylan I have by the way I need to preface this with this also um I don't I have Barely more than a passing knowledge of Bob Dylan. I've had a considerable amount of people try to turn me on to Dylan throughout my life. And I think he's just one of those artists that if you didn't get into it in high school. Oh, you're, I think if you were right. like
2: 14 or 15 and, and fell in love with Dylan, that's probably going to be a lifelong.
0: Thing. It's going to be a lifelong thing. Yeah. It, but but I think like you're you really like I can't imagine like it's so far outside of. What I like to listen to, and again, I mean the songs are great. Just they're not great for
1: me. Well, and here's the other thing too, Shane. Like uh, one thing that's been that I have have found in some of the stuff that I've read that I think is pretty true, is that Dylan has made an entire career out of potentially trying to be enigmatic. And so, you know this this record gets bandied about as his something that's personal and raw. But he made it. Has made an entire career out of writing about in personas. And so they're like, okay, well, this is a a breakup record. Okay, well, I I get it. I I buy that it's a breakup record, but is it your breakup or is it a breakup of a character or a series of characters? Well, he says it's not
2: him, Uh, although his son contests that. His son thinks it's a conversation between his parents. Oh,
0: it, well, oh, I mean, yeah, I read that too. I mean, but I mean, his son couldn't have been. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was on the Wikipedia. I mean, well, and he had time All to talk told, about his it. Son might, you know, was he's a little guy at that time.
1: <laughs> he, he he has time to talk about it because apparently they don't tour very often. Oh, the wallflowers. Yeah, hence the name. <laughs> well, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> oh, there it is. You're on fire. Back with the dad humor. <laughs> uh, you guys are killing me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, you know, I let you freeze in my garage for what? And thank you for that. Yeah. Um, anyway,
0: um, Oh, don't take it to heart when we say the dad humor, Kevin. It's 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 a term of it's become a, uh, it's, a term of endearment.
2: Much endearment. Uh-huh. Yes. It, it, anyway, but no, I think Shane you had a, a good point with like it's uh, that it I don't recognize this as like inherently bad music. It's just not music for me. Right, And, and yeah. people who are really into Dylan get this kind of faraway look in their eyes, you know, like where there's just sure. this reverence. They're transported. And like, I don't know how to process that because I don't get it. Well, it's, it's, yeah. and it's analogous. I think maybe we touched on this last week when we were introducing what we we're going to do. But it's the same way that I recognize that the Coen brothers make pretty good movies that I just don't have the time for. Oh, so
1: I <laughs> was tempted to say, um, that I was really more of a Lewin Davis fan than is it Lewin Davis?
0: I mean that's the way it's the,
1: uh, the yeah, the like the, this the, came out the, last year. The yeah the Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. That essentially the premise of which the premise of that basically the premise of that entire film is that Lewin Davis would have had this character Lewin Davis would have had Bob Dylan's career were it not for the fact that he lost his shit on stage and berated a fan and got his ass kicked in an alleyway and then Dylan went on next and Catapult to fame. Up. That's the whole. Just uh, spoiler alert for a movie that came out, whatever, a couple of years ago. But uh, but anyway, yeah, I I found that funny. That's a funny premise. Like, Again, yeah. like
2: I don't I don't know if that would translate to a translate to a funny movie. Uh, it's a funny it's not, premise. It is a mm. it's a you know it's a Coen Brothers movie. It's, well, and that's that's and what the thing with like, and I don't want to go off you know too far on the Coen Brothers, but like. They seem like they make movies that seem like they would be funny, but they don't make and, me laugh.
0: No, it's like when you write it down, like you mm. write out the, the synopsis on paper, like, this is what we're going to write about. That's a funny idea. And then it gets lost in translation.
1: But you and you guys, speaking of which, uh, and you guys don't do you guys aren't uh, Wes Anderson fans either, right? I run oh,
0: I run hot and cold. On. I'm actually real hot on that. Like, I'm okay. a big fan.
1: Yeah, see, but the, at least I like consistent. about every
2: other movie. And the ones I don't like, I really don't like kind of for a similar reason, except for the Coen brothers, We've- except for are little too precious. Anyway, I think we were doing it. So you're consistent. We were
0: talking about Bob Dylan.
2: We were talking about Bob Dylan, in fact. So why don't we just go ahead and listen to a little bit of um, Tangled Up in Blue. Okay. Yeah. um, Which is probably the one that all of us knew going in.
3: She was married when we first met Soon to be divorced I helped her out of a jam, I guess But I used a little too much force We drove that car could abandon it out west. Split up on the docks at night for the green, it will best. And she turned around to look at me as I was walking away. I heard her say, Oh, my shoulder will meet again someday on the avenue. Tangled up in blue.
2: I, I do. Absolutely love that song, and that's like. And Dylan has a number of singles throughout his career that I really do like. Rain of Day Women," mm-hmm. um, you know. There's there's a few sprinkled throughout, but I just don't have this reverence for him that a lot of people like have. You know, put him on this giant pedestal. But that is a terrific song. It's a
0: masterpiece. I mean, that and that it, song is one of the not just the better songs of his canon. I don't. I'm not unfamiliar with his canon, so I shouldn't say that. But it's one of the better songs of the last 50 years. I mean, it's it's. It's got everything you want in there. It's it, it's got like all of the the Dylan archetype, like the like multiple 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 verses and no real chorus. Like he's got the. But turn it's around. still catchy. But it, and it, it, it'll get it, stuck yeah, in your it, head, right? No, but that's what I'm saying. It's got all mm. of the hallmarks of the of the Dylan archetype that we all are familiar with, even if we don't know him that well. But it it's like the the high high point. It's like all, everything's he's him
2: firing fire, on all well, cylinders. well, you said uh, fire, yeah, exactly. Firing on all cylinders. Like when, when That's Bob Dylan
0: hitting it out of the park Oh, yeah, without a doubt
1: Yeah, and uh, one of the best songs on this record And arguably not necessarily the best one No, I don't think so, it's like, the best one we're, I don't think so either that.
0: But right. before we start talking and, and get further into this record I just wanted to bring something up real quick <laughs> uh, And that is that um, Ryan and I, during the break Were both admonished by Kevin it was a light admonishment. It was a light
2: admonishment. I, I
0: prefer the term corrected. Oh, okay. <laughs> I,
2: or maybe even clarification. Yes, clarifying. clarification. Clarification. Yeah, sure. That that yeah.
0: often on on the show here, when we call him out for quote unquote like, dad humor, dad humor that it's not always dad humor because it's not because dad humor is
1: here's the here's the clarification. So so basically the way that I that I the the bin that I the bucket that I put dad humor in. Is guy humor that is specifically designed to elicit the groan?
2: A groan, okay. Yeah. And so I started to like, tell the joke, and Shane was like, "Save it for the air." Yeah.
0: So tell us the. Well, well, can I say one more thing too? It's not just that, though. In my mind, it's that it's like
2: puns. Okay. I so th- hate to, to puns. me, this is the puns are <laughs> <or> this <laughs> <dad humor. laughs> this actual joke is the pinnacle of dad humor, and was told to me, in fact, by. Our your, father, your dad, yes, uh, our dad, yeah, who are you're
0: like your dad, you just does, disown him. Well, yeah, no, just, but my, no, 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 my, my my dad, dad all,
2: who yeah. also it turns out is Kevin's dad, but
0: yeah. no, no, he just said it in in the way yeah. like he's like I, I don't want to admit yeah. that this our, guy, our dad father, who, tell this joke, our father
2: who art in Wimberley, Texas, but was in Houston at the time, and I was maybe eight or nine when he told me this, and it's, uh,
1: and uh, if you're listening at home or wherever you are. Sorry, it's bad. It's it's super corny. You know where it's going? I know where it's
2: going. Okay. So I haven't uh, heard it yet. So there's this guy, Artie, And uh he's tired of living the regular life and decides he wants to be a hitman. Um uh, but he doesn't have a whole lot of experience at it, so he decides he's going to do his first one for a pretty cheap rate. And he finds this guy who really wants his wife killed. And he's like, "But you don't, you know, you don't have a whole Just lot of" He finds her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Stay with me here. So anyway, uh, this gentleman was like, "Well, you know, you don't have a lot of experience. I'm just going to give you a dollar." And he was like, "You know what? That's fine. I'm just trying to get my feet wet. Um, I will kill your wife for a dollar." So he uh, he follows her around for a little while and finally comes up behind her in the supermarket and strangles her to death. Two cops come in and he strangles them to death too. Uh, and he runs out before he gets caught and he goes and he gets his dollar. But later on that night, he does get caught, and the press get, gets wind of it, and the front-page headline in the newspaper the next day says, Artie chokes three for a dollar at Safeway. <laughs>
0: and that's bad dad humor. No, that's some dad humor right there. The worst. But the, no, the punchline was dad humor. But the body of the joke is It's some a little dark. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: can't believe yeah. it's a little dark. Telling it to a 9-year-old. <laughs> right? like, uh, yeah. no wonder you're fucked up, dude. Oh uh, yeah. Hey, that's, like the pal. Kind of, <laughs> that's the kind of jokes your dad told you when you were 9. Well, yeah, he sadly he told all of us. But <clears throat> yeah, but the deal is it's like yeah, so so Okay, okay. Point the dad way. jokes. It is grown worthy. Yeah, it is grown worthy. So that kind of stuff is obviously fair game. Anyway, um Dylan's dead, Bob Dylan. He is dead. Uh,
0: I thought you said Dylan was dead, and I was like, "What? What? Yeah. <laughs> what?" <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> there. Oh, so now the counter is two. Everybody uh, but Shane is done one. Yeah, right? like, I'm
0: probably not going to. Okay, but, no, it's good. You know, cause we'll cause see
1: if you. Can you're really all about the lyrics.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> he <laughs> loves it when we say that. <laughs> oh, but I do want to say something. I'm banging on the Bob Dylan. He's got lyric a Bob Dylan book, I do, I do. book of <laughs>
2: lyrics. Kevin says you're really all about the lyrics. It's like no, no, I'm not. <laughs> well, no, you <laughs> have to be
0: about the lyrics in this.
1: Well, he was okay, physically look. pounding the book of look, lyrics. Is so this I,
0: illustrated? This book of lyrics. I guess so. I never opened it up before today. Um, no, there's a turn right there. to verse seven, oh, chapter yeah, Dylan three. Drew this shit. Record five. I know it's a big book. Um, no, the thing about Dylan that I, I, Dylan, like I'm, I'm on a. I'm just on a, like, a, a frat boy, basis. last name basis. Yeah. Yeah. Like, a,
3: hey, what's you're up, Newsom? What's up, Dylan?
0: <laughs> <barely laughs> Bartel? smell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the thing about yeah. Bob Dylan, um, for me, is... Well, like you, you guys like to talk a lot that I'm about... Li- and I, it's true that I am, but but, it, I like to see lyrics married to good melodies. Yeah. And this guy is not long on the melodies. Um, not typically, no. Um, and so... I, so I thought it would be I knew that we've had this book and I thought it would be really interesting to to just take a look at some of these I don't want I'm not going to read them I don't even know why I fucking brought this
1: but it's great that you did because what Shane typically does during the other shows you guys if um if, you know if unless Mark is pulling stuff Shane is Shane is typically like searching out lyrics sometimes while the show's going on right Yeah, like yeah. just yeah. To, like contextually but here this is how long Bob Dylan has been around is that there is a you know, whatever. Like Five hundred pages, giant, book. yeah, giant. And it book. ends in
0: nineteen eighty-five. Of course,
1: yeah.
2: So um, possibly out of print at this point. Who
0: knows? Who knows with the with the with the verse? You know, people's love of this guy. But but so there's one of the songs that I I dislike quite a bit on this record. The song that I there's a couple that I just have no use for at all. And are you one talking was, about idiot win. It was idiot win. <clears throat> oh yeah. Um, are we in agreement on that? All, I, I, I dislike all... it so much. I think it's funny.
1: Well, yeah. I, idiot wind. It's Sorry. a silver pile of this
0: record. <laughs> yeah. But, but right, here's yeah. the thing: what today when I when I opened the book, when I cracked the book open to read some of these lyrics, the first one on this because they're organized by album. The first one that I that I opened it to was "Idiot Wind," and I read it, and without the context of the song, the lyrics are. And I was making notes about how I I was like these. I don't even get the why people call him a poet. And and then I and then I read this, and I'm like. Oh, well, without the musical context... Oh, it's actually pretty good? It's really good. Yeah, like, really well, see, I have a Wh- hard what time you getting
2: t- there because the musical context is so absent that, it, I mean, it's basically like, hey, I wrote a bunch of poetry, let me strum some acoustic guitar and spew it at you.
0: Yeah, I know, that, <coughs> right, I mean, but that's, you know, there's this emphasis on, I think it has something to, like, there was, a, and, and I'm not going to say that by any means, is this the definitive observation of what was going on in 1963, 64, but a lot of the nascent folk scene, or the at the time nascent folk scene in, in New York and folk revival. Ooh, that's um,
1: what I want to call my next band:
2: nascent
0: folk revival. Yes. Okay, that's a should is that going to be a a really bad idea? By the way,
1: (laughs) isn't it a terrible idea? (laughs) But it could be. It could be like a. Well, they could tour with Funkle
0: Sam. (laughs) That's a real band, (laughs) or was a real band. You know what? I should. I haven't even talked. Have you not
1: told? We've talked about that, haven't we? Funkle Sam. I well, and I told you guys my story about Camaro Hair, right? I don't. That was that was a band I know that played South by.
2: You didn't have them on your show. I did
1: never. I never had them on my show, but. but I did uh, – I met those guys after a set at South by Southwest, and I was like – "And I did actually, you go I, see them because of their name? Yeah. I used to go see – I'd go see, uh, like, one band every South by because of their – I'll make this really quick. So – I would go see one band, every South by, because of their name, and I found Camaro Hair, and I was like, well, that's stupid. So I, w- so I went. And <laughs> Only <laughs> you would see it. That's <laughs> a stupid band that name. That band is absurd. But so, it's really evocative. You Like, you hear Camaro
2: Hair, and you know exactly what that looks like.
3: Well, oh, yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, so so I go. They were actually really good live, and they they had come in from Portland or whatever, so they play their set. I go up to them after the show's over, and I was like, hey, you guys are really good. Do you have a mailing list? Like... And they they all looked at each other like they just never thought of that. <laughs> and then one guy like starts looking for a pen. <laughs> and I was like I was like, "Hmm." And so then I was like, "Okay, well, you know, I'd like to support you. Like, do you have a, rec- a CD or anything or like whatever?" And he, and he's like, "Well, we've got this one. It's not very good. <laughs> we'll just we'll just charge you $5. I hate to ask for money for it, but we need gas to get back ho- back home or whatever. And I was like, that is the saddest sale job <laughs> I've ever heard. And they gave me... It's not very good. <laughs> yeah, so I gave him the five bucks. They gave me the CD, and it's like, it says Camaro hair on it, and it's just got like hair, like the picture of hair on the front, like long hair stretched out across the... <laughs> Thing, and it was fucking terrible It was like It was goddamn aberrant. <laughs> so he wasn't He was like lying. Oh
2: Christ Yeah uh, I guess I'll sell you this thing Just cause we need the gas I'm body. sure those guys
1: yeah. Partied hard on that five dollars Oh so, I'm sure
0: he Probably really
2: They he bought was, like one and a half They
1: peers. probably
0: blew all their money Prior to that gig On partying And then they realized Oh <clears throat>
1: fuck How are we gonna get home
0: Well So uh, Yeah Funkle Sam for another time But we will talk about Funkle Sam Just remind me again yeah, to, to talk about Funko Sam, which is the best band name I have ever heard it's pretty in my life. Funko Sam, featuring Jaime Tomas, which, which <laughs> as my friend Mike Meadows pointed out, you know his real name is James Thomas, and he probably sings with it barefoot. <laughs> so, anyway, there's stuff in here in these lyrics. And in, in the next break, Ryan, I want you to take a look at, at, at some of this stuff. I can do that. Um, but we all agreed um, that. The best song, well, at least Kevin and I did. Um, that I think not only is um, the best song on the record, uh, "Simple Twist of Fate," it's one of the better songs that I've I've heard in a long time. I was, it was. No, was I'm surprised. And, like, it, that, that's one where he's he's incorporating melody, right? Again, and, and there's no chorus. He does the the refrain thing, where you know he uses just like "Tangled Up in Blue." Like the last line of the thing is, you know, "Simple Twist of Fate," or you know, using that device, which I wish that I were more versed in. Folk songwriting, or you know, like, well, uh, you do go to the Kerrville Folk Festival every year and oh. have been since when well, you're what, 13 or something? Yeah, for, 16. But I mean, but that's a different thing. Oh, by the way, I, yeah, so I go to this folk festival every year um, that's in the hill country in Texas. It's 18 days long. Um, in summer, it's hot and we live in a tent for a month. And I hate folk music and I've been doing it for 20 some odd years now. 24 years because you're 40. <laughs> <laughs> also the youngest
2: person in the room Anyway like. So yeah, yeah So for
0: for, for for A quarter of a century I've been going to this thing Living a month in a tent Essentially Like um, And uh, In 100 degree weather And it's all like Dust and dirt And it's it, It's quite I think I've been for like one night. It's really fun and it's a great thing and I love the people there and I love a lot of the songwriters. Well, I mean, it's but in general, l- let's
2: I, let's be honest, it's fun to sit around a campfire in various states of inebriation and sing songs with your friends.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's great. That's the that's scene. That's when I say I hate folk music, I don't out there. But I would never Could think about putting a folk CD on, like, or or CD or whatever. And to your
1: to your your earlier point, I think that getting back to simple twist of fate. Well, I wanted to say one thing.
0: What I meant though was when I say like um like folk songwriting styles, I didn't mean like. Folk music, how we know it now. I'm talking about folk music as a developed like like how the blues, like twelve bar blues. It's a very regimented style of writing, like twelve bar blues. A-bar well, blues. are you
2: talking like like Woody slash Arlo Guthrie and
0: Peter Paul and Mary, or like Woody Guthrie? I'm talking about indigenous Pete Seeger, like 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 um, uh, indigenous folk music to the British Isles and to to America. Like there mm. there were over time there were forms that developed that I'm unfamiliar with, and and so you see this a lot, like this kind of. His writing it it appears to me to adhere to to styles that like we don 't really see I, I feel like um, Bob Dylan
2: inspired legions, thousands, maybe millions, of kind of boring songwriters that you know five people watch on a Tuesday night at a do open you, mic or, no, or whatever how much of that how, yeah. much do
1: you, how much of that do you think is New York shadow? Like I feel like there's a little bit of that that is that is that is being in Greenwich Village at the right time, like. But there were uh, folk clubs everywhere. That's the thing. Sure. Like it, it well, took I, off. yeah, and I'm
2: sure at that time it was the most exciting thing going on. But its moment passed. But some people just never got over it. Right.
0: Well, it developed into a different thing. I mean, like there, there definitely are the the Dylan, Dylanators, Dylan the Dylan. Ta- See, that's pretty good. Yeah. That that one was all right. What did sure. you
2: say? The the Dylan taunts. The Dylan taunts that is good.
1: No, that was yeah. pretty
0: good. We like, yeah. grudging admiration. Yeah, yeah. no. <laughs>
3: <That's>
1: like, <laughs> I like it. you. Both paused and then considered it for a second and then praised it. I no, no, that. I'm with you on that. Like no,
0: <laughs> but yeah. Um, and uh, so there were, you know, legions of admirers and but but folk music. Started, well, it, it started changing in in, in for a lot uh, in, in no small part to what was going on in Austin in the '70s. Um, where you had like well, and often it was is, yeah, cosmic
2: and, cowboy. But, but, but you also,
0: yeah. but you, then you also had people like Michael Martin Murphy and um, uh, Steve Fromholts and see, people that you don't know. But Michael McDonald, I, I, I've heard those names. That's a different thing, too. <laughs> uh, but guys, but guys or, or you know what? Actually, Towns Van Zandt. Towns Van Zandt. I one time I read, a, and I was he was one his,
2: that, in the context of Austin, is revered about as much as Dylan is national. That's true. I,
0: I love his stuff. Like everything about. Uh, Towns I, re- I read a quote We should we should do a Towns record down the road. We have to. Yeah. When I was listening Not to next, this record though. today. No 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 <laughs> Not, yeah. no. we're going to go we're going to be next. far away from this next week. Um but uh I remember reading a quote some years ago that Steve Earle uh, who wrote, named his son uh, Justin Towns um mm-hmm. uh he he said uh, that Towns Zant is the best songwriter in America and I'll stand on Bob Dylan's coffee table in my cowboy boots and say that. Oh, thank it, you for bringing that But that's awesome Yeah and, and, <laughs> and, and so at the time I I didn't Again like I know Towns Van Zandt More than Dylan And listening to this Dylan And you get a lot of, You see a lot of comparisons And I, honestly, I mean, like you don't. Townsend said does uh, does not have the catalog that I mean. This is Dylan's fifteenth record. Well, and well, Townsend's it, been dead for what twenty years, or right? Something. J- close he, to twenty he years. Li- he but, lived but, a lot, but, but even when even when he was alive, like he was so, the only time I ever saw Townsend Zant live. He was so drunk, and this is in the middle of the day. He had two people, one on each side of him, help him up on stage. Lovely. It, oh, this is how drunk he was. He forgot the lyrics to Poncho and Lefty. That's. That's that's pretty much his fam- most famous it's song by far. His most so
1: famous. That's the one song. that made him mm-hmm. the most money.
0: Well, yeah, I mean Willie Nelson and Waylon yeah. Jennings coming. But anyway, but so I was thinking about this about Dylan and and Townsman's that, and that, and this is before I read his lyrics and 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 read them as much. But d- Towns w- used melody more. You, it definitely, definitely influenced by 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 Dylan. But I think that there's a there's a sort of like, with Dylan, there's almost, like, I'm tr- again, like, I'm just calling him Dylan. Um, there's this, there's this almost, like, okay, th- we were talking about um, uh, Simple Twist of Fate. And part of the reason I think that that song works so well to me is that, like, I can feel those characters. And sometimes the characters get caught up in a little bit of, of cleverness. Like, in the, like, he's always writing these stories, and they get a little clever for me. Anyway, well,
2: I- you know, so we've been talking about this song. We should probably listen to some
1: of it.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good idea.
1: Okay, this is it. This is Simple Twist of fate.
3: He woke up. The room was bare. He didn't see her anywhere. He told himself he didn't care. Pushed the window open wide. Felt that emptiness inside. To which he just could not relate. Brought on by a simple twist of fate. He hears the ticking of the clocks and walks along with a parrot that talks. Hunts her down by the waterfront docks when the sailors all come in. Maybe she'll pick him out again. How long must he wait? one more time for his
1: simple twist of fate? So I had something that uh, I've been wanting to try on this one. Here, wait. Stop. This is, what the this hell is that? is that?
0: like a tiny harmonica.
2: It's a tiny well, plastic. You know, your mom and dad, or his dad, actually bought me a harmonica for Christmas. Meanwhile, I've never asked for one. Yeah. Um, I'm not super into harmonica music.
0: Who <laughs> uh, is really into harmonica? Bob, Bob Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the saddest. But wait, wait, you're saying harmonica music. I'm not saying like music where there's occasionally a harmonica. You're saying harmonica music where it's just the it's dominant like, well, instrument. <laughs> well, I mean, Dylan's about as... as popular as you
1: get where there's a lot of harmonics. Blues traveler. Blues traveler, that's (laughs) true. That's true. Some
0: bad music
1: right there. Well and here's the thing. I'll just admit that. Maybe maybe that's the deal. Is like maybe that's it's one of those things where like you hear you hear a lot of you hear some Dylan, certainly some blues travel and you're like, I assume that there's a train nearby. So (laughs) I just somewhere yeah, anyway. So uh so yeah that was my I wanted to play an inspired yet wheezy note. It was inspired? That was an inspired, it was inspired. one note. <laughs> it <was just> one <laughs> Thank wheezy you. note. The sad thing wheezy. is... The, the sad <laughs> and thing now
2: we're is, all thinking of the Jeffersons. No, I was going to say, wait a minute. <laughs> it was, and no, it's wheezy uh, with an H, which is... <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, Not anyway. wheezy. Uh, but
1: uh, but it, it's circling back to Simple Twist of Fate... Like excellent just, song. Yeah, I wow. like... I like that's the one that really got me on this record.
0: I love that. So I could just listen to it over and over. There's somehow like he manages to marry like the really wordy, not very melodic, but, but. But remember, Someone... when he drops in that minor when he drops in the minor chord, um, it just it like just at the right time. It it's just so poignant. What... The exact word
2: I was going to use is poignant. It just feels poignant in a way that much of this record does not.
1: When when Dylan really works, I think the songs propel you forward, and I feel like this one does that a lot.
2: Well, and maybe that's what inspires the you know the, the far off stare that people get. You know the, when he really nails it. You know he hits somebody. In a way that other artists don't, um, most of the time it doesn't do that to me.
0: You know, um, I just thought of something like when you, you said that earlier about the far off stare, and I was like, get get me and Matt Munoz together, talk about the Smiths. We get that oh, far I'm the off same stare. way, yeah. But but the thing is, is like I think that that people that really inspire passion and 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 they're and they're like rabid fans, as Matt and and myself are, and you with the Smiths are. The Morrissey is incredibly easy to mock and and parody, as is Dylan. I think you see that a lot of times where where like music that people are really really passionate. And I I can mock Morrissey and still just love. Oh yeah, yeah, but 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 understand what I'm saying. Like I for some I think when you have people that are making music that are a little bit the misfit, it's easy to fall in love with those. Like really fall in love with those artists for some reason. Well, and nobody really falls in love with Creed.
2: Well, uh, no, no, no. i
0: they, they, they uh, might listen have, to I it. I have
2: met somebody who owned a Creed record. Yeah, and I, I never mean, I listened
0: to that, but
2: no uncertain terms was that okay? <laughs> but, but well, okay. What I think is maybe similar uh, between, like, say, The Smiths and, like, a Bob Dylan is they're so idiosyncratic that there's nobody that sounds like them.
0: Right, and that's what I'm saying. And I think part of that is why it makes it easy to not mock, but you get what I'm saying, right? Like to to parody. Sure. Yeah, it it is so far from
1: the norm, whether it's good or not. Some of it is the singularity of the of the experience or the sound. Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah, completely. We we're gonna get out of here and go to the intermission uh, a few minutes with in a second. Kevin picked this one this week, but I just real quick wanted to. So just, yeah, while we had a, a little moment away, um, Shane had me
2: read the first stanza because really it's a stanza. He's a poet who sets his yeah lyrics it's not to music. A verse. Um, I mean, but uh, it, of "Idiot Wind," which we were kind of mocking earlier, it's not
1: a good. No, we song. were outright mocking it. And, and, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's a good song. and
2: like, I, no, and I like had a friend over the other night, and I had, uh, we had just come back from being out, and that was the th- song I had just heard in the car because I was boning up for doing this podcast, and I came in and I'm like "Idiot Wind," and I'm like joking around about it, you know, kind of making fun of it, and then I read this, uh, and
0: it's good it's like on the printed page it's good if oddly specific it's well that's part of what i think makes it so good <laughs> it's ge- I think it's genius and that i was i was fortunate enough to have turned right to this page and right to that song because that's the one i like the least on the record and that and i read that and i was like oh whoa okay maybe i've completely misjudged and that's what you have to do first is read the lyrics and then i went through and read a lot of the other lyrics and i'm like no it's it's about at the level that I thought it was, which is elevated, which is high, but he's th- his moments of – his flashes of brilliance are fucking brilliant. So
2: we'll just read this this one stanza, and then we'll take our intermission. But someone's got it in for me. They're planning stories in the press. Whoever it is, I wish they'd cut it out, but when they will, I can only guess. They say I shot a man named Gray and took his wife to Italy. She inherited a million bucks, and when she died, it came to me. I can't help it if I'm lucky.
1: Like That's fucking – f-
0: Fucking Genius. good <laughs> It's really good No,
2: I may have Sounded like Garrison Keillor When I read it But like <clears throat> But oh, I wasn't doing the, the sing-songy that. Dylan thing That he does That obscures that,
0: that's To me part, That's what I was Telling the story That's Gets what in I the was way telling, of the story yeah, yeah 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 You have to get Outside of the The way he punctuates Because you well, know No he, he has like A very specific way That he
2: accents His lyrics And that you just expect it to go in that same
0: fashion throughout the entire song. It's very sing-songy, and it it takes away sometimes from... It obscures... If you're not familiar with the music, it obscures the the intent or what the lyrics are. The content. Yeah, content, whatever. I don't know. Hey, why don't we go to the intermission?
1: Yeah, let's do it. All right. Here's a few minutes with... Okay, so... Uh, this is A Few Minutes With, and... Um, I don't know. I, I kind of figured... Like, a lot of times in the in what we'll do for A Few Minutes With is pick a song with um, an interesting video, and I thought since we were kind of doing uh, a legendary record with an interesting backstory, I would pick A Few Minutes With song that also has a really interesting backstory. And the one that I chose... Uh, this go around is the song from Dennis Wilson's uh, solo record. Uh, of he, Beach he of the Beach Boys uh, called the River Song, and uh, or River Song, as it were. And uh, you know, up until the point where Smile actually came out, like this was considered this was considered the most successful solo record. And when it came out, like it actually was outselling. Contemporary Beach Boys records Well the Beach the Boys
2: Were were not considered Cool for a while Then they had a resurgence Like in the 90s
1: Right
0: Well no They they had a mid 80s Amazing resurgence For Oh well them. of course <laughs> Kokomo <laughs> Kokomo like, like we and, 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 We and, can't and, forget uh, Kokomo Don't forget there, there was an episode Never
1: forget Ryan
0: Full House. you was never a Full, of Full house. house where John Stamos played congas or drums for him or
1: something. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's,
2: and the whole Tanner family got up on stage with the they, Beach Boys and did the, and they, And they looked out uh, and they're
1: like, "No, we can't see cool from here."
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I I think I've lost my cool card forever because I just know that. <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> but, they, I, but but the
1: but the point is is like yeah, back back uh, roundabouts in 1977, they had cycled out of the 60s. The Beach Boy like the Beach Boys sound. Was not what it was anymore And I thought uh, Like so I bought And the interesting thing about this record And rather than having us Cover this whole album Because I don't think the album is as strong as this Or as interesting as this one song Yeah um, And this song combines sort of a lot of elements of Like it's dark But the Beach Boys harmonies are still in there. Like the guy can't get away from that. Like yeah. And so anyway, I was like, yeah, we're we're in the wayback machine already tonight, and like we should like this would be a fun time to do it. And and we watched a little bit of the video, and that provided some additional insight uh, lyrically that I hadn't really considered before. Is it sort of like a? environmentalist song i i feel like i think that there's some of that but some of the footage that was that popped up in that video um you know i don't well i don't know like yeah maybe it very well could be an environmentalist song i,
0: I think that i i love it there's i think yeah he's he's it seemed like to well, he's me like, like directing a choir in the middle of it yeah there's uh, a choir by the way there is a choir when it's like the double rock baptist church and and ryan's like there's a What's up with the? Why is it all black? Why people? is it all black? Choir <laughs> and, Kevin, and Kevin's immediate response was, I'm "Pretty sure this is f- footage from the from Jones Jones No, and I'm well, pretty
1: no, sure that's not like, the case. Well, yeah. well, no, and you're, you guys are right, but like, that's the thing. Am damn like, right. Well, the thing, mm. the thing is, it's like I've seen that documentary, and some of it looks like that, and it's like it looked like I was like I was like lyrically, like. It, there was, uh, I was like, okay, well, maybe this is some sort of a protest song, and I've just never interpreted it that way before, but that's not it. Like, that's a legitimate choir, and the guy was. Well, and actually, the, that the,
2: couldn't have been because this came out in, what, 77, and Jonestown was, what, 79. Oh, something. was that what it was? Yeah. 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 So
1: he would uh, also have been a protest. But it was like, like
2: a, a bunch of black people with a white guy in front of them, sort of directing them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, although I think this one probably ended a lot better. Yeah. You know, this, <laughs> Certainly.
0: That one did. I hope so, yeah. <clears throat> I, you, you know what this song made me think of, Ryan? Was um Spiritualized. We just uh, We did do that oh, retrograde. I mean I was yeah. alive
1: for that, but I wasn't here. So like what were your and I and you know what? And so Mark asked me I don't know, two or three times, like while I was on hiatus. He was like, Have you listened to this week's show? And I was like, No, like I intentionally haven't. Like I, I'm Stepping away, and then I'm gonna step back, and I want to. No, to it was brother. a
2: good record and grandiose, and I haven't listened so to what, it since. Yeah. But it was one of those records that people just really have uh, a lot of uh, reverence for, and um, and I enjoyed it when I listened to it.
0: Wait, are you? Wait, what was he like saying that we? Did he say what happened
1: during that? No, no, I no. He, I think he was purely coming from, and Mark can speak for himself. We'll ask him the next time he's here. But like coming from a place of like. I want these to sound as great as when you guys do them. Uh, Well, he was brand new at that point. He was just he just asking me if they sounded good, and I was like, honestly, like I just haven't listened to a couple of shows while I'm while I'm out because I want to take some time away and then come back and put both feet on the ground.
0: I was hoping that there was some gossip behind the scenes that I wasn't aware of.
1: He he was like, those fuckers. he didn't say that
0: So They never <laughs> shut up Yeah
1: Anyway So should we listen to a clip from Let's listen to a clip from it We'll come yeah, back and, Talk and about it a bit more If you
0: guys know uh, Spiritualized um, In the mid 90s Think of that When you listen to this song Because I I definitely I, I think they might have been Influenced Yeah
2: that's not actually a, a dot I was connecting But once you say it Like I now I see it So let's do that Alright let's spin it All-
1: So yeah, I mentioned that. I don't know. I feel like there are some darker elements in these in this song, and I and, and I wasn't here for the spiritualized bit, and I don't know that record, but it's, it's I, worth I checking the, out. I know I'll, the I'll reputation that. of that yeah, band, yeah. and so I could see like some of the sort of uh, orchestral like yeah. And we're larger, talking, of course, about uh, ladies and gentlemen. We
2: we are floating, floating in space. space. The song that we're talking about right now is the one that we just listened to, which
0: is
1: River Song Lo- River Song, right? Which, as far as I'm concerned, is a fucking terrific song.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, great song.
1: It's it's great, and I mean, it sounds like it. But it does sound like to me one of the reasons I picked it, aside from the fact that all the dated stuff that I mentioned a few minutes ago, was that like it do, it sounds like it's connected tangentially to the Beach Boys canon. Oh, for sure. I mean, you get those harmonies. Uh, well, and he was the harmonies. he was the drummer. And he was the iconoclast rebel of that group, and like, and everybody knows Brian Wilson's story about, like, I guess their dad was an overbearing asshole, and that's part of the reason that those guys were so driven or whatever, but also damaged. And well, it's the yeah. whole Jackson Five story as well. Kind like, of, you know, yeah. maybe like,
2: maybe yeah. it's good to have a dickhead dad. I don't know. I don't know. It's good like, for music. It's, it's not good so good, for, good for, your, for you. Your bank account, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's good for
0: musical history, but not for one's personal actual people.
1: Yeah, but anyway. But Dennis Wilson had the reputation of being, you know, kind of the wild guy in that bunch, and drowned like.
2: In what do you said? Nineteen eighty-three. Nineteen eighty-three. Yeah. But that song takes you on a journey. It starts out, and I'm like, oh,
0: here we go, Elton John.
3: Um, Right. No, (laughs) you think it's going to be one thing. it starts out with insane.
1: that
0: piano intro when you and I were both like thinking of different. Mm.
1: Well, and then yeah. it's and then
2: hold me the, close you know, like we're like thinking right. we're going there, and like yeah. no, we're not. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's
0: beautiful.
1: And then it, and then it comes through with like then there's that sort of harmony that or the you know the the song like the lyrical content that 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 sort of floats in under that, and then it sort of it gets darker and darker and darker, and the, and it ends up with you know you got to run away, you got to run away. And I thought that's really interesting that you sort of start with this beautiful place and that you end up. No, that's that's a, that's a fantastic
2: like... song. Thank you for sharing it with us. Like uh, that's like uncle. Yeah, really. Which good also, song. I am an uncle to your kids. <laughs> <so it's, laughs> oh, that's oh, dad oh, humor oh, right there. there. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: Hey, come uh, who's groaning grown- now, bitches? But you, but you,
0: <laughs> you know what makes that you're using dad humor kind of okay right now, because these peanut butter cups that you brought in are so aren't delicious. they
1: good? By the way, Nestle is
2: not paying us to talk about this, but the Butterfinger peanut butter cups are so good. They're an improvement upon the Reese's. I'll say it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, all I know is that... That spoonful of sugar made that medicine go down a little bit easier. Thank all you for right. that, Julianne. Well,
1: I, I I interrupt this impromptu uh, scat infomercial <laughs> <laughs> that we've got going on here. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> what you're, is, I is that, know what is you're that gonna, a long infomercial for <laughs> shit? I no. knew you were going to go
0: there. I knew it.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm using it in the jazz sense. Anyway. Um, all right. <laughs> um, but we've got to get back to some Dylan. Yes, so, let's get back to some so we're gonna, we're gonna oh, outro.
0: This is gonna be the adult part of the show, <laughs> and then, apparently, and
1: then we'll and then we'll talk more. <laughs> All right.
3: Uh,
1: so one thing that I always appreciate about. Rolling Stone is that uh their original reviews of records like they don't and granted they these guys have been around a lot longer than some other publications but they don't they tend miss to,
2: a lot of times.
1: They but. miss they miss a ton, but they leave it mm. up there mm-hmm. and they but and they don't go find religion and start over like some other publications that we have uh talked about. Cough cough Pitchfork, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> etcetera, etcetera. Uh so Um, I wanted to share a little bit of this, one, because it's a peculiar uh, allegory uh, or connection that that, uh, the original review makes. And second, because I think it's kind of – there is something that this uh, reviewer points to that I think is kind of interesting, and that is – a uh, connection between Bob Dylan and Charlie Chaplin. <laughs>
0: who doesn't make that
1: connection all the time?
0: <laughs> I know. Well, and why didn't they throw in Andre the Giant while they were at Well, this... And can't you guys see that? It too? was
1: ri- This was written in March of 1975. Oh, so, okay. Like, yeah, so there was that. Um, probably they didn't know who Andre the Giant was. But still,
2: it he goes... Andre bit- the medium-sized person. Yeah, poor poor so yeah. this is from
1: the Rolling <laughs> Stone Review written by John Landau in 1975 that says, uh, Bob Dylan... Maybe the Charlie Chaplin of rock and roll, both men are regarded as geniuses by their entire audience. Both were proclaimed revolutionaries for their, enti- for their early work and subject to exhaustive attacks when later works were thought to be inferior. Both developed their art without so much as a nodding glance toward their peers. And that's the sentence I think is actually really interesting. Do we think that it's possible or do we think that it's likely that Dylan developed his persona yeah, and frankly, maybe that's why he's remained well, enigmatic. I su- suspect
2: that he definitely had a nodding glance to his peers in the Greenwich Village stuff, and then his thing just took off. The thing we haven't talked about yet, which I, I feel like needs to be addressed, this dude like nearly provoked a riot at a folk festival. Oh, yeah, when he, with the band. <laughs> like, how the hell does one do that? Like,
0: <laughs> hey, All he did was plug in. Yeah. You know, I'm glad that you brought that up, and I completely like had glossed over that. But I, I've seen parts of that documentary, and these people are freaking the fuck out. And they're
1: supposed, like, "Man, they're supposed I to do be not like,
0: get that." Like getting
2: really fucking mad that somebody plugged in an amp. Can
1: well, you hear that? That
2: really pisses me off.
0: Well, yeah. he, he's betraying or blo- you know uh, tradition, and uh, that's some conservative ass shit right there. Like, well, no, but it's, it's
2: like it's leftist
0: conservative. I know, but that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, like, they're afraid of it going somewhere well new. and punk, like,
2: and a lot of like hardcore punks do the same thing you know people get into about punk yeah like oh well, i i thought there weren't supposed to be rules but apparently there are a lot of rules a lot, lot of rules and <laughs> apparently at the Newport Folk Festival in what was it 67 66 something like that 67 yeah I think. he plugged in and like it was like the worst thing that ever happened to most of the people there
1: well and meanwhile mm-hmm. if you're Dylan, like uh you're like part of the part of the scuttlebutt on this record is that he was starting to get bored with his own persona, and like I would, yeah. Sh- well, how could you not? Like, <clears throat> so this is this is interesting. This is the like one other like another connection that this guy makes between Charlie Chaplin and Bob Dylan is that both. Superimpose their personalities over the techniques of their art forms. Now that's a sweeping generality, like a large. That statement takes a little to while to break down. It does. So, yeah. It does, and we probably don't have time to like sort of get into the nitty gritty of it. But I think maybe it begs the question: is Is Dylan a bigger personality or a bigger artist?
0: Well, that's a good question. I, well, we I don't mean, have time his, his
1: persona is
2: such a grandiose thing in our culture. Which maybe, you know, underscores like why I wanted to pick this record, and why it's you know, this iconic thing, and why it's never going to live up to, like what its uh, grandiosity is supposed to be, or what it, you know what its legend is supposed to be
0: for you. But you're coming at this record like in you know,
2: well I'm coming at it in, in 2015, and I, I've
0: sort of heard it, you know, talked about. Yeah, again, like, the, the there's so many imitators and so many parodies at this point. Like, it's hard to, to hear it with fresh ears.
1: Well, them. no, it's Bob Dylan Burlington Tracks TM. <laughs> sure, right, exclamation point. Yeah, yeah, good point. So, yeah, so so this guy goes on, and I'll kind of wrap a bow on this, this, this review this way. He's like, so what the, the conclusion this guy comes to early in this review, and, like, frankly, like, that's not a... That's exactly what he does is he concludes in about early, like the second sentence, the second paragraph is when I criticize, he says, when I criticize Dylan now, it's not for his abilities as a singer or songwriter, which are extraordinary, but for his shortcomings as a record maker. And I think that's actually a pretty valid criticism. That's a good way to put that. Like, look.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean that's one of the things I was saying earlier in the record Like eventually, like it starts off really strong And eventually it just fades into background music But I'll say like one of the things that that I thought of Like record just kept playing and playing and playing um, Like several different times in a row Like while I was doing stuff around my house Like sleeping? No, like cleaning my house and shit. I wouldn't be like, yeah, maybe kept playing while I was took a nap or something. But, but it would have been easy for me to. For
2: a lot of this record, I think it would be easy to take a nap. To take a nap too.
0: I mean, but if it's it's sort of, it's more interesting. It's not. Yeah, right. I mean, that makes sense to me. Like, it begins to just really blend together. Like, uh, like we were talking about this, and I think the 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 clip that we're gonna listen to right now is "Shelter from the Storm." Shelter from the storm. In my mind, right now. My, my brain it's is conflating Tangled Up in Blue and Shelter from the Storm. Same tempo, same strumming. Shelter from the
2: Storm is uh, Tangled Up in Blue 2.0 and half as good. But it's not a terrible song. And actually, there are tons of artists who, if that had been like the best song they wrote, it would, you'd clap your hands and say it was a crowning achievement.
0: There's not a terrible song on the record. It, they're,
2: they're, none of them are terrible. And I should reiterate that this is not Bon Jovi. Uh, Oh, just wait Yeah, man Oh, don't do this, man Uh, No, there's not a terrible song on this record I am not the target audience for it And nor do I think Shane really is Kevin likes it more than us
1: but, But I'm not But I'm not Fawning by any stretch, like there are a few songs that I really connect with, and I you recognize them for the genre that they are, and like I I think, but I think it's interesting. I think it's easy. It's more. I'm more intrigued than I thought I was going to be. I think that
0: I I think for all three of us, I think we're more intellectually involved with this record. Most people seem to be. It's more of a heart record, not a head record. But I think it's completely. I can appreciate it, but. And it doesn't I feel, mean I want to listen to it. I
2: disor- feel divorced from like the sort of mind-body-visceral thing that I get from my favorite records. Like, I can recognize this as being something that
1: somebody should love. I'm just not that dude.
0: Yeah, we just don't have the taste for it. We have yeah. different tastes.
1: So this is this is another... I'm going to take another... I thought that I was done, but there's another little snippet from this review that I think is kind of interesting, which is that this guy says... And this bear in mind, this is written in 1975, you know... Ten years after Dylan broke. Well, people wrote in Old English back then. Yes, exactly. It's Sanskrit. Uh, So he says, the paradox of Bob Dylan's reputation is that he's regarded as our greatest rock artist without having made the records, the completed works, that should support that reputation.
2: So that's actually a good point. Um, I'm glad you said that because one of the things that I kept thinking of uh, as I listened to this record was like, you know, people have the Beatles versus Stones debate. Right. And Bob Dylan is kind of thrown into that mix, not quite necessarily with, like, the Beatles versus Stone, but, like, uh, like, given that sort of um, uh,
1: cachet. Cachet, thank you.
2: I didn't want to use reverence again. I've said that so many times, and that's not what I mean. Um, but certainly that sort of cultural cachet um, and around the same time and inspired the same kind of, uh, you know, adulation – and I can kind of get it when it's Beatles versus Stone. By the way, I'm a Beatles guy. Love the Stones, but I'm definitely fall down on the Beatles on that side. Bob Dylan doesn't even figure into the conversation. But
1: he's the guy that if he showed up at a, at a private party that either one of them were throwing, he, they'd let him in and it would be no big deal. Well, of deal. course. Well, and yeah. he is the guy who in- introduced the Beatles to marijuana.
2: Sure. So he's got that going for him, which is That's, nice. Which probably explains the traveling Wilburys.
0: Yeah. Um, well, so why don't we listen to Shelter from the Storm? Let's get
2: into Shelter from the Storm, and then we should probably get our shelter from the garage.
0: Yeah, that's true. So we're going we're gonna to listen to this. We'll, we'll talk about it for just a second, and then I've, I've got a song for our current affair after that.
3: I was in another lifetime, one of toil and blood. When blackness was a virtue, the road was full of mud. I came in from the wilderness, a creature void of form. Come in, she said, I'll give you Shelter from the storm. And if I pass this way again You can rest assured I'll always do my best for her On that I give my word In a world of steel I death And men who are fighting to be warm Come in, she said, I'll give you Shelter from the storm.
2: So Shelter from the Storm, like a solid song and, and in virtually any other singer-songwriter's canon would be like a crowning achievement. But as Shane wisely pointed out, kind of like uh, Tangled Up in Blue, but just lesser so. And it does do the one thing that that kind of like got under my skin about this record is... We're going to do this, then we're gonna do that, and we're gonna do this again, and we're gonna do that. And all you start thinking for is like oh, this song's go- this lyric's gonna rhyme, this one's gonna not, yeah. this one's gonna rhyme again, and this one's gonna not. And like Yeah, he does a
0: slight up inflection when, and then he does a down inflection when he rhymes it. <clears throat> and that's why. I and you just see the, the pattern coming like over and
2: over No, and you read the lyrics and like okay, solid. But song wise eh. Like I mean, not terrible. Like you know, like a way
1: better than Ryan's review of Bob Dylan. Not, not terrible. terrible.
2: Yes. <laughs> no. Way better than ninety-five <laughs> like, percent of the music that's ever been put out. But still, there's a lot in that five percent that's way fucking better than this.
1: Well, I I do think to like, me it, to it,
2: to my ears, it's so subjective,
1: of sure. course. <laughs> and well, I think it's interesting that we're like we're able to take this that's the thing that's fun about reviewing these in the present day. Like you, we can take them out of the snow globe that they are, that everybody like where they're, where they're transfixed for most people and then take a fresh look at them. And then, uh, take a look at Shane's 30-year-old book and, and look I at the lyrics I think you should just content. bring this book for every podcast. <laughs> like, <Exactly. laughs>
0: we'll just read Bob Dylan lyrics randomly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll just have like, here's how it's time for Dylan's Corner.
3: We'll just yeah. read like one stanza. Uh, just one
0: stanza of a random song that we like <laughs> randomly point to. You know, I wish that, one. Of the, I really think that one of the, like, it, and soon, and we've all, we've talked about this before, but we need to do a solid like, like, because like three week, you know, because each of us pick a record every three weeks. We sure. need to do, because um, one of us is soon going to be picking I Love You, Honey Bear. I mean, we know that, we've talked about it. Mm-hmm. The new Father John Misty. Somebody ne- we need to do where we pick an album by an artist we've already talked about. And it would be fun to revisit Dylan because there's so much we haven't talked about. Well, I- we haven't talked about his born again Christian period in the mid 70s. Dude, that might be a really entertaining podcast. Yeah, there's a <laughs> like, lot of oh, <laughs> he got on a motorcycle. He, he had a he had a near fatal motorcycle accident in the early 70s um, that we haven't talked about either. Uh, there's so much that we can talk about with crazy ass Bob Dylan.
1: Make your easy rider jokes here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, this was fun. This was really fun. I've, 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 had, I'm, I've had a I'm really serious great Serious as a yeah. heart attack. Uh, that's a li- actually a lot more serious than I am right now. I'm I'm very serious mm-hmm. that we need to we need to revisit. And I'm not talking about Highway 61 revisited.
2: Oh sure. At some yeah. point we'll revisit Bob Dylan. I, I don't want to do it in the next couple
1: months, but yeah. Uh, well, and I do think that like uh, like it's it's been the the great thing about going back and and touching base on some of these revered records is that like true to the premise of what it is that we're doing here. Like, you know, I didn't spend a lot of time have... rolling around on this. Yeah. So, but a lot of people like this. And so, yeah, it was worth talking about, and it'll be fun to take our next step down the path. So who's got next week's album? Me. All right, Shane, are you going to... No, next week? Next week? Are you going to be terrible? No,
0: I think you guys are going to like next week. I've got a couple terrible ones, because it's been a little while since we've had... Since you did shitty records? Yeah. That we hate you for? I've really only done one that was that shitty, but that's all right. Last one was Mark. No,
2: you did Rush 2112, oh, and yeah, you okay, did Bon too. Jovi. I
0: did too, yeah. yeah. Well, Bon Jovi was so egregious. It's really, um, really, 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 really bad. Yeah, okay. Well, I've got... <clears throat> anyway, so next week I want to do Loopy Fiasco's Tetsuo and Youth. Um, I have no idea ha-
2: like what any of those words were.
0: <laughs> we haven't done any hip-hop um, that's any younger than... No, that's true. Yeah, Like that can't late- buy
1: a drink for itself. Yeah, yeah,
0: like you know, so this album just came out. <laughs> I'm a I I really liked. <laughs> Did Lupi I see F- your
1: ID, dude? I'm
0: a <laughs> put out a record in 1988. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we've we've done some we've done some mid to late. Oh, actually, no, all of it were like late 80s. Like I think every record we've rap record we've done all came out like 87 or 88. Right? Yes, but so this is Loopy Fiasco. I really liked his first record a lot. Um, I liked his second record a lot, and then he just went off the fucking tracks, and he's a nutcase. But he just put out a new record; it's getting great reviews, uh, Tetsuo and Youth, and um, so I want to listen to that. Let's do it. Yeah, and he's got a he's got a well deserved reputation for um, for introspective lyrics. So, but also craziness. So I'm I'm interested to s- to see what's going to happen with that. And also while I'm talking. Uh, tonight um, I'm the guy That's got the song For A Current Affair A Current Affair And uh, that we're going to listen to uh, Rock and Roll is Cold By Matthew E. White So we're going to Play a clip for that And then we'll be back And talk to you guys In a sec Alright Cause
1: everybody
3: likes to talk Everybody likes to talk shit Everybody likes to talk, shit. Everybody, likes to talk. everybody likes to talk shit Everybody knows that if the one kiss everybody gets that gospel layer of gifts.
0: Yeah, that was Matthew E. White, Rock and Roll is Cold. I have a lot of mixed emotions about this song. I don't love this song by any stretch of the imagination. But um, my initial, there are parts, it, it gets a little, we can't really, like, the uh, we were listening to it on a, on a, a smaller thing. You can really get, like, how the drums are really propulsive and the pianos are really propulsive, and that stuff is really fun. But it sounds a lot to me like if you took, like, Paul Simon's Graceland and... Um, and Warren Zevon's uh, Werewolves, in, Werewolves London. in London. And added in, like, Life is a Highway. Yeah, there's a lot of that. <laughs> and, and, and his essential premise, his essential premise, well, let me just read you, like, the, the, the song is Rock and Roll is Cold, and he's basically saying, like, well, I'll just say, you said you found the soul of rock and roll. Rock and roll, it don't have no soul. Everybody knows that rock and roll is cold. You sound, you sound the key to R&B. and b it don't have no key. Everybody sees that R&B is free. Um, we're well, kind of like in an exact opposite of what w- with the Dylan. Thi- this whole the, what makes the song somewhat work is the is the repetitive melody.
1: And can we talk a little bit about the video? Because we watch that's usually how we come to these. And and essentially, you know, you have a a sort of uh, you know proto hipster <laughs> walking the desert in no particular direction whatsoever uh, until he comes upon a gas station and a car with a a pretty girl in it, and he gets in, and they drive away. And they That's pretty much the whole thing. But they don't just drive away. Wait, that wasn't a
0: jeans commercial I saw in
1: the 90s? It kind of was. That's (laughs) where
3: you (laughs) thought life is a highway. But then
0: then they go to a a sumptuous feast that's being prepared. At first I was like, oh, is this Thanksgiving Day dinner? But there's no one there. It's not your annoying relatives there. It's just the, the servant that prepared the feast, and then they walk away, and then they go into the house. They go around the, the sumptuous feast, and he seats her at the table. Then he seats himself at the head of the table, and the video fades to black. And what I take that to mean, and I'm going to use this. This is the word of the day apparently. I take that to mean that this video to be an allegory that when you're just listening to rock and roll, you're just wandering out in the cold of the woods. But then you get turned on to gospel and R&B. And you're seated at a table with these sumptuous gifts that well, this music has to give. It's a bullshit premise, the can, whole song. And
1: can I say, like, servants are annoying, am I right?
0: Oh, yeah. oh all of my... It's so hard to get good <laughs> you help. You can't get him out of the room fast enough. <laughs> <That's>
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, know your places. I don't People.
2: even know what that means. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, Yeah, you were ambivalent about this song. I just don't think it's very good. Yeah, no,
0: I can, I can. There's there are parts of it <clears throat> that that I like. I mean, um, again, like the the propol- and I wish that we we were listening, that we could hear the drums a little bit louder. It's kind of like the, it's one of those songs that it's an earworm. You know, it it's also mid '90s or late '90s in a lot of ways. It sounds that song could have come out right alongside. Uh, any cake song from 1997 oh
2: cake was so much better than
0: yeah 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 but i'm saying uh, i'm saying what was being played on the radio during that period of time like that that song would sure just no been no right like
2: plenty of shitty songs came out on the radio in the 90s but but
0: it also it what i mean is that messing with genre, that song messes with genres a little bit like it's still like that, a 90s song. I, I i've
2: heard it I'm once not saying yeah it's,
0: i mean like if 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 you're if you if you're saying I'm not I'm not defending it in any way I'm just saying like it would have fit in on the radio like
1: that was my favorite sitcom uh, Messing with the '90s Messing with the '90s It was a VH1 thing Yeah I was gonna yeah. say wasn't well, that a VH1 yeah. talking head thing? It was Yeah it was a talking head thing Yeah a
2: bunch of mid tier comedians just show up and talk shit for. Yeah. You know, 30 seconds in a, mid-tier in a clip. Mid-tier comedians. <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: that was my other favorite um, 90s show, mid-tier comedians. <laughs> <Yeah,
2: like, laughs> like, uh, David Tell presents
3: mid-tier comedians.
1: <laughs> guys, you might have heard of, I think, once. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Byron uh, Allen says. Uh, uh, David yeah. Tell's great, by the way. He's but, playing
0: here all this week at Cap City Comedy of Club. Of course he, he We yeah. love David Tell.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a there's a litany of uh, a list talent that's going to be in Austin. Oh, um, so by the time that this comes out,
3: uh, it will be close. Show?
1: It'll be close to my um, South by show. So I got to give a quick shout out to Twenty by Two, which will be happening Monday. The sixteenth of March, and so if you find yourself in town, you gotta if you have an interactive badge or any other badge, um, come on over to Elysium. Like, a, like right. a cop
3: badge? Yes. Like, yes, yes. You have a cop yeah. badge.
1: You, you have, have Monopoly money, badge of honor. Money. I yeah. think <laughs> I have <laughs> a, a badge, badge of honor. If you have a if you have a weird uh, birthmark, you want to show us? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like any? Come of on stuff. in, <laughs> come on in. Um, but we do, yeah. So we're doing it at Elysium we, again this year, right? Yeah, we're doing it at Elysium again this year. Uh, I won't go. through the the whole song and dance, but it's going to be a fun set, and so that's Monday, March sixteenth. This has been fun, you guys. Well, I had a good time.
0: Yeah, Ryan, a good good pick. I knew I knew we were going to go long on this show tonight because uh, it's one of those things where we all had a lot to say. But it, it's it's a really weird thing about about Dill, and I and I was thinking about this the longer we talked about it. Like we were all opinionated about this record, but. Not in like hard way, like not in like hard like this no, is I, I, I love it you know, no, you know i i like, don't I don't uh think it has,
2: is not with, without merit it's no, just I, I'm not the target audience for it. no
0: no, no, but you misunderstand what I'm saying like I knew we were going to have a lot of opinions about it, but we, we no, nobody had like like an opinion that was all the way to the left of the dial or all no, the way to the no, right of the dial no, of you course, know, it was not. just a lot of stuff like it was just interesting to talk and to listen to and talk about
1: there's no strong back of the hand. For, for the Dylan record. It's a, true. It's a, Goodness, yeah. finally. It's a sit-in.
0: Okay, well, we're going to see you guys next week, do some Lupe fiasco. So for now, um, we're getting out of here. I'm Shane.
1: I'm Ryan. Kevin here. See you, see you next later. week.